1: Once again, we're broadcasting our show from the AFN studios in Frankfurt, Germany. And on this program, we're featuring Nat King Cole, Bob Hope, Fibber McGee and Molly, Arthur Godfrey, and the comedy of Bob and Ray. And now, here's one of the most popular singers of all time, Nat King Cole and his great hit from 1951, Too Young.
2: Try to tell us we're too young Too young to really be in
3: love
2: They say that love's a word Can't begin to know the meaning of, and yet we're not too young to know this love will last though years may go, and then. Day they may recall, we were not. some day they may recall yeah.
1: Once again, from the golden days of radio, here's a sequence from the Bob Hope Show of 1950, and here's announcer Bill Goodwin to introduce the scene. Ladies
4: and gentlemen, this week, Bob decided to take a little time off from his work, so he went to Las Vegas to relax in the sun. Let's go back to earlier in the week when we were driving to Las Vegas in Bob's
5: car. (sighs) Isn't this desert air wonderful?
4: Not bad. Why, Bob, it's wonderful, so pure and clear. There's no smog out here, no grime and soot and smoke, no exhaust fumes and old rubber tires burning. Yeah, that's why I like Los Angeles air better. It's got body to it. What
3: desert
5: is this, Bob?
6: Oh, it's the Mojave Desert.
5: Mojave?
6: Yeah, that's Indian for Jeff Chandler. It's
5: really hot. Is it much further to Las Vegas?
4: Not far, Maggie. Only a few more miles. Hey, look over there. There's a skull and a pile of bones. Yeah, everywhere you go,
3: losers.
4: (laughs) Well, it looks like we're coming into Las Vegas. Look at the sign on that building. Poker Club.
5: Well, look at the sign on that building over there. Roulette, dice, and blackjack.
4: Yeah, and the sign on that next place. Marriages performed day and night. Yeah, they got all kinds of gambling here. (laughs)
5: Bob, is that a nice thing to
3: say?
6: Well, it's true, Maggie. Even the weddings here perform Las Vegas style. At City Hall, the clerk deals you a license, the organist puts on a green eye shade, then the Justice of the Peace raises his hand and says, I now pronounce you two the hard way.
5: Well, we're coming to the big hotels, Bob. What reservations did you make for us?
6: I didn't make any reservations, Maggie.
5: You didn't? Well, why not? Well,
6: I didn't think it was necessary. I'll know the place I want to stop at when I see it. See, there's
4: a nice-looking hotel, Bob. It says $20 a day and up.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: oh, there's a beautiful place, Bob. $18 a day and up.
4: <laughs> Gosh, look at that dump over there. A dollar a night.
6: I've stayed at this place before. It's the living desert with outside plumbing.
3: (laughs) Well, of course,
4: folks, we didn't stay at that dollar a night hotel. We all had a wonderful vacation. Our next scene takes place the following afternoon. We find Margaret Whiting and Bob sitting beside the beautiful swimming pool of an exclusive Las Vegas hotel.
5: Bob, aren't you overdoing the sunbathing a little bit? You've been sitting by the pool for six hours.
6: Well, Maggie, I want to make sure I get a good tan.
5: Well, if you really want a tan, why don't you take off the bathrobe?
6: Bathrobe? This is my bathing suit. (laughs) The Only trouble with it is the sash is a little too long. (laughs) Got caught in the diving board, and I hung there all morning.
5: like about this hotel, Bob, is the wonderful service you get. Hasn't it been great?
6: Oh, it's swell, Margaret. Here comes one of those girls who walk around giving the guests free sandwiches. Oh, miss! Did you wish you another sandwich? Yeah, I'll take one of the chicken. I better take two of those and two or three of these and a couple of these. <laughs> Say, have you ever fed anyone before who was as hungry as I am?
4: Yeah, back in Kansas. And you should have heard him squeal when I poured it into the trough. <laughs>
5: The 44 sandwiches in two days.
6: Don't get snippy or I'll report you to the
5: management. No more sandwiches, miss. Thank you very much. Bob, for heaven's sakes, why do you make a scene after all the food is free?
6: Well, it ought to be, Maggie. After all, they charge $50 a day for these cabanas.
5: Which one are you and Bob?
6: I don't live here. I just come over for the sandwiches. <laughs>
5: explains it.
6: Explains what?
5: Well, every time the manager comes by, you jump in the pool and stay underwater till he goes away. <laughs> well, hello, Maggie. Hi, Bill.
4: Hey, Bob. What are you doing here? You're not staying at this hotel. All right, so I'm not staying here, but
6: I have very nice accommodations where I am.
5: Well, where are you staying, Bob? The El Rancho Vegas?
6: Well, no. The Last
5: Frontier? Thunderbird?
6: No, I'm staying at a little place uh, a little further out of town. It's called Yucca Flats. <laughs> It's a lovely place. The towels are marked his, hers, and where is everybody?
5: Uh-oh. Oh, Bob, you better look out. Here comes the hotel manager again. Jump in the swimming pool till he goes by.
6: Oh, I have to do it so often it's making my sandwiches all soggy. Well, let me let me know when he's gone.
5: Not in there, Bob. That's the deep end and you can't swim. Bob! Bill, Bob's down there in the pool. Listen.
4: Yeah. Sounds just like a motorboat, doesn't he?
5: Look at him lying there at the bottom of the pool with the bubbles coming up. Yeah.
4: He's a fat rascal, isn't he?
3: <laughs> Boy, he
4: looks like a whale with a slow leap.
3: Help! Help! I'm drowning!
4: Well, Maggie, I guess I better pull him out. He has the keys to the car. <laughs>
5: Oh, it's all right, Bill. Somebody jumped in and grabbed him. They're pulling him out right
4: now. Gee,
6: I was almost a goner. My whole life flashed before my eyes.
5: Really, Bob?
6: Yeah, I wish it were a wider pool. I could have watched it in cinemascope. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that was quite a
4: rescue. Say, young fella, who pulled him out? I did. Gee, Bob almost drowned. Well, it serves him right. He isn't built to be a swimmer. Even Florence Chadwick couldn't pull that load. (laughs)
6: Down, you low-budget Mickey Rooney.
5: How you feeling, Bob?
6: Oh, I'm better. I wouldn't have gotten into trouble, but I got my nose full of water.
5: Yeah. It didn't leave very much in the pool for the rest of us.
4: Quiet you won't get any reward. Here, take this. Gee, thanks.
5: What kind of money is that, Bob? Never
6: mind, never. Kid, put that in your bank account and just hang
4: on to it. That's all.
5: I sure will. Who knows? The South may rise again.
6: Crosby's got children everywhere. Boy, he sure, he sure was a fresh kid. You'd think from the way he talked, I gave him Confederate money.
5: Well, wasn't it?
6: Of course not. Bill, you saw the kind of money I gave him, didn't you? Si, senor.
3: <laughs> There's
6: nothing wrong with those Mexican coins. They work in the slot machines here. Uh-oh. Here comes the hotel
4: manager again. Quick, hand me my beret and dark glasses. Now, it's no use, Bob. We well, already... Well, well, I-, I see you are none the worst of your experience. Allow me to introduce myself. I am J. Hugh E. Davis, manager of the hotel.
6: Oh, well, I'm pleased to meet you. I am Heinrich Schmidlap from Budapest.
4: (laughs) Listen, we told you it's no use. We already told us... Schmidlap, eh?
6: Yeah, I am the sausage king of Vienna. You know how most sausages inside at the end with a string? Yes. But I don't use any strings. I just let them hang open. You've seen them. Schmidlap, sloppy salami. You've (laughs) seen them.
3: Uh,
4: look, I hate to spoil your little act, but I happen to know you're Bob Hope. Yeah, well, if I was saying...
3: (laughs) Oh, he's trying to tell
4: you. Yeah, the jig is up, Bob. Yeah, the jig is up. But down. even though you're not registered here, you're welcome to all the sandwiches you've had and the use of our swimming pool, and we don't even mind changing your clothes and bushes. Say, that reminds... <laughs>
6: <laughs> that reminds me. I wish you'd tell the gardener to be more careful with the lawnmower. He mowed all the fuzz off my camel hair slack.
3: But
4: this is very nice of you. You mean I don't owe you anything? Well, just a little minimum, Bill. We'll call the whole thing square for $60. $60? That's outrageous. I won't pay it. you pay it or wash the dishes. Or wash
6: dishes? Look, look! I've got an idea. Maggie and I are entertainers, and you've got guests here. Why don't we just
4: sing a song for them and square the whole thing? Well, I've heard Miss Whiting sing, but I haven't heard your voice. Oh, but you haven't lived, you fool.
3: <laughs>
6: Listen.
4: Be my
3: heart. Oh, no one else can end. Unless you're end, we will love. Well,
1: what do you think? Come along and bring your rubber gloves. <laughs> one of my favorites, and a favorite with thousands of listeners from coast to coast during the 40s and 50s, was Feber McGee and Molly.
4: Anytime you pass 79 Wistful Vista and hear the windows rattling slightly and a low, nasty murmur coming out under the door you'll know the squire has received his monthly bank statement. And here he is, rapidly losing his equilibrium while trying to find his balance, while his wife does her best to drown him out. As we meet, Fibber McGee
7: and Molly! Those dirty, double-crossing, pocket-picking book jugglers. You know what that Fourth National Bank done to me this month, Molly?
8: I can't imagine, dearie.
7: They figured my balance exactly the same as I figured it Now I don't know where I am (laughs) I got nothing to go on I have a notion to... Hey Hey, can't you do that a little quieter, Molly?
8: I'm sorry, dearie
7: I'm trying very hard to concentrate on this statement And that noise is very distracting Very
8: Well, if your figures agree with the banks, what is there to concentrate on? Aha, that's just the
7: point Anytime they agree with me, they gotta be wrong. (laughs) They <laughs> know darn well that I... Hey, what are you doing with my wood-burning outfit?
8: <laughs> is that what this is?
7: Why, certainly that's what this is. Don't you remember that spool rack I made for you with all the design I burned onto it with that? You said that was the prettiest spool rack with that particular design onto it you ever saw.
8: Oh, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, as long as I was cleaning out the hall closet, I merely thought I'd put things away. And I'll
7: be very careful with stuff like my wood-burning outfit. One of these days, that fat will come back and... You're what?
8: I'm cleaning out the hall closet Ooh. Mrs. Carstairs is coming for tea this afternoon I don't want her to wind up under an avalanche of moose heads, mandolins, and fish poles
3: Hey,
7: now wait a minute, kiddo If anybody's going to clean out that closet, it'll be me I got a lot of valuable stuff in there By the way, what'd you do with my stamp collection?
8: Heavenly days, did you have a stamp collection in there?
7: Did I have a stamp collection in there, she said?
8: She said that <laughs>
7: Didn't you see a little celluloid envelope with a three-cent stamp in it that the cancellation was upside down onto it?
8: You had a collection of one three-cent stamp?
7: Well, it was the nucleum of a collection. (laughs) The guy's got to start someplace. You better let me clean out that closet, Molly. Well, frankly, I don't think Carstairs coming to tea is a very good reason for it.
8: Do you want her to think you married a bad housekeeper?
7: What that old Gooseberry thinks is frantically unimportant to me, Mommy. (laughs) <laughs>
8: well, uh, <laughs> I don't want her to think now that... Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Mr. McGee. Hello,
7: Alice. Hi, kid. Now, don't get in the way here now.
8: Creepers, are you cleaning
5: out that closet? May I watch?
7: Sure, but don't touch things, Alice. I got a lot of personal valuables in there. I don't want them around, like this stuff here.
8: Mm. McGee, if that's what's been making this closet smell like a cider mill, throw it out.
7: <laughs> what? Throw out my old chemistry set? <laughs> what? I went clear through high school with this stuff.
8: Gee, did you really, Mr. McGee? Yes, and I remember the day he did it, Alice. (laughs) 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 Yeah, he went clear through the high school and through the roof of a laundry a block away. (laughs) (laughs) You know, his eyebrows haven't grown quite back yet. (laughs) Look at him, Alice.
7: I wish I could remember the formula I was working on that day. (laughs) Seems to me I was on the track of a new kind of high-powered gasoline. <laughs> I was going to call it Ethel in honor of my chemistry teacher, Ethel Padich.
5: But they've been making Ethel gasoline for years and years, Mr. McGee.
7: What? They have? Sure. Well, by George, if I had the dough, I'd fight for my rights all through the juvenile court. <laughs>
8: Juvenile
7: court Well, sure, I was just a kid when I invented it
5: Oh, I think chemistry is wonderful, Mr. McGee My cousin is a chemist And he's just patented a new kind of glue That simply won't stick to anything
8: (laughs) Why, Alice, what good is a glue that won't stick?
5: Well, he says it will teach people Not to break things in the first place
3: Mm-hmm (laughs)
7: Well, it's simple stuff like that That makes fortunes for some people I stumbled onto a freezing compound one day That kept a bottle of water cold for two days
8: What'd you call it, dearie?
7: Ice
5: (laughs) (laughs) Creepers I've been using it for years And I never knew who thought it up
8: Yeah, and you know he never got a nickel From sewing your handy for it either
7: (laughs) Well, I got an idea I'm going to work on one of these days That'll put us all on Easy Street And I'm not going to breathe it to a soul Except a few close friends.
5: Uh, What is it, Mr. McGee?
7: Well, I... Shut the door, Molly. Okay. Thanks. After what happened with that ethyl gasoline deal, I'm kind of suspicious. You know what they feed silkworms on to make them make silk?
8: (laughs) Certainly. Mulberry leaves.
7: Ever think what might happen if you fed them on leaves from a rubber plant?
3: Jeepers! Girdles!
7: Exactly. (laughs) Now, not a word of this to anybody, see... The nylon people would shoot me down like a dog if it ever got out. <laughs> but that's for the future. Right now, i got to straighten out this closet. Once I...
1: One of the big stars of radio for over 30 years was this next voice.
9: Good morning. Good morning. of Godfrey here and I'm here to tell you that not one of our commercials is on film no sir no white knights no doves flying in your window no child movie stars posing as plumbers each and every commercial is cooked to order boy especially seasoned to taste to interrupt the commercials we've arranged for you to be entertained by Ethel Ennis Richard Hayes the Giesenslaw brothers and me being a head man, I get to go first. For <laughs> well, my first number, the title tune from the show which just won the... Antoinette Perry Award. Who said, Don't fire till you see the whites of their eyes. <laughs> what good is sitting alone in your room? Come hear the music
1: And if that isn't enough, here's comedians Bob and Ray with a parody of The Arthur Godfrey Show.
0: Time to take a few minutes out right here and let the folks kind of relax and enjoy themselves with some refreshments. Right, Tony? Right, Arthur. And what do all of our lovely friends have in store for them today? Well, Arthur, uh, Sure the, looks uh, good. Boy, that looks good. From the, uh, Association... There's a slice of knockwurst for everybody. Knockwurst, boy, I love that stuff. Really great author. It's an imitation grape something grape like flea. bologna, isn't it? Uh, sausage. Oh, uh, yes, all. That family. That's right, author. Imitation. Great. A flea German flea. favorite, I understand. Sorry, Or Hungarian. Viennese too, all. Viennese has been served for some time. Oh, uh, in the German restaurants, that's the right, Viennese all. restaurants. That's right, author. And delicatessens. Also, Arthur... <laughs> <author>, uh, <yeah, laughs> <I'm> sorry, <author.
3: laughs>
0: What else do we have? Well, Arthur, we have... Besides a... the knockwurst. Yes, yes, we have a paper cup filled with imitation grape-flavored drink for everybody. That's from good. From the imitation grape-flavored institute. That's good. And uh, we also have uh, some aluminum uh, paste, Arthur. It's kind of a mucilage. Well, wait. We... You mean to stick metal together? That's right, Arthur. Well, well, I noticed one there, yes. gentleman over there he th- he thought it was hairdressing. Sir, you're not supposed to put that aluminum paste in your hair. That is to stick metal things together with. That's right. We should have told these folks, Tony. Well, Arthur, I thought it would be quite plain to them uh, that uh, that was... Holy patient. smoke, next thing you know, they'll be eating. Hey, th- there's one fellow that is, he's pouring it over his knockwurst. No, you don't, you, <laughs> you don't eat it. No, no, that's, that's just for cementing. Please tell them in the future, will you, Tony? I will, Arthur. I'm awfully sorry. Now, while everybody enjoys themselves, let's get back to something serious.
1: That concludes this edition of the Golden Days of Radio from the American Forces Network Studios here in Frankfurt, Germany. You know, television may rule the airways back in the USA, but for Americans in Europe and servicemen around the world, it's radio, presented by the United States Armed Forces Radio Service. More than 300 stations in virtually every part of the globe broadcast news, music, and entertainment. And here in Germany, the network of stations continues to command the respect and admiration of listeners from all walks of life. When the late President John F. Kennedy saluted AFN in 1963, he said... It has informed and entertained our men and women overseas with skill and competence and has presented a vivid and accurate picture of the American way of life to countless millions of Europeans, thereby strengthening in new ways the bond and friendship and understanding among people of the free world. Americans are the best informed people in the world because of stations like the one you're listening to right now. This is American Radio and the network that serves the ears, the mind and and the heart. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me when next we broadcast The Golden Days of Radio from Frankfurt, Germany. Good night and good night, Madeline, wherever you are. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service.